Chapter 15 of The Red Cross Girls with Pershing to Victory by Margaret Vandercook. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Re-Entrance On this same evening, Major Hersey and Sergeant Hackett were sitting before the same fire shortly after dinner. They were talking in an idle fashion, neither of them particularly interested. Both would be pleased when the evening was over and they were in bed. Major Hersey had given his orders to his sergeant for the following day, and then had suggested that he sit with him for a time longer. The days were not difficult in Koblenz, where one had many duties and interests, besides the association with one's fellow soldiers and a few other friends. But, unless one went constantly to the German restaurants and theaters and movies, one could not find sufficient entertainment in the various YMCA and Red Cross headquarters to occupy every evening of the wink. It was a brilliant winter night, and the young men had left the curtains of the window open and the blinds unclosed so that the early moonlight shone into the room. Therefore, both of them noticed a soldier messenger march down the street from the corner and enter the front yard of the house where they were living. In answer to a command from his superior officer, Sergeant Hackett met the messenger at the front door. The soldier bore a note which was addressed to Major Hersey. The note requested that Major Hersey come at once to the headquarters of his colonel. There was no explanation as to why his presence had become suddenly necessary. However, without any particular emotion, either of interest or curiosity, Major Hersey at once set out. The streets were fairly deserted. The citizens of Koblenz were living under military law, and, although the laws were not severe, two demands were made upon them one that no arms or ammunition of any kind remain in the possession of any german the second that they be inside their own homes at a certain hour each night this hour had not arrived and yet there were not many persons about a few groups of american soldiers on leave but scarcely any germans the house of colonel winfield was at no great distance away most extraordinary thing hersey the colonel was soon explaining you might guess for a dozen years why I have sent for you and never hit the correct answer. Don't look so mystified over my words. I have not sent for you to give you any military command or to ask your advice on military matters as I have now and then in spite of your being too youthful for the title you have been lucky enough to earn. I have sent for you because tonight you and I may regard ourselves as characters in a play. In a short time I hope to introduce the heroine. Colonel Winfield was an elderly man, a good deal past fifty, with closely cropped gray hair, small twinkling blue eyes under heavy brows, and a mouth which could be extremely stern when the occasion demanded, and equally humorous under opposite conditions. Tonight he was seated in a large, handsome room, a little too elaborately furnished after German ideas of luxury, and before a wide table covered with books and old American newspapers and magazines. Major Hersey could only stare at him in amazement and with a total lack of comprehension. I might as well explain to you your part in the drama, Hersey. You haven't at present a very fortunate role, although I cannot tell how it may develop. The facts are that two women, or I should say one woman and a girl, arrived in Koblenz this afternoon without satisfactory passports. They were detained by one of our officers and because of something or other in their story, perhaps because of their appearance and manner, the circumstances were reported to me. I believe the young woman knew my name and requested that she be allowed to speak to me. I was busy and only saw her and her companion a few moments ago. Then she asked that I send for you and for Mrs. David Clark, saying you would both be able to identify her. 
most extraordinary story she related i find it difficult either to believe or disbelieve and colonel winfield leaned back in his chair studying the younger officer's face if he expected to find any clue to his puzzle in major jimmy's expression at this instant he was disappointed the younger man was nonplussed a woman and a girl who had arrived in coblenz insisting that he could identify them why he knew no woman or girl in the world who would be apt to make so unexpected an appearance and yet for a few seconds the names of several girls he had known in the united states in the past who might possibly have come to coblenz to work among the soldiers flashed before his mental vision suppose you see the two strangers at once jimmy i don't feel that i have been polite in forcing them to wait here for me as long as they have waited but i was unavoidably detained they are in a little reception room across the way i'll ask them to come here and speak to you as this room is larger and more agreeable don't you think colonel we might postpone the interview until the arrival of mrs david clark surely the women would find it more agreeable to explain their situation to her major hersey protested the older man shook his head i have sent for mrs clark but remember she is living at some distance from here and may not be able to come to us tonight. in a moment it will all be over james if you do not know the young woman who says she knows you you have only to say so briefly i have an idea however that almost any young man might wish to know her yet if there is any uncertainty about her story we must see that she and her companion are made comfortable for the night somewhere and then that she starts for home in the morning i have an idea from what she confided to me that she must be sent home in any case a few moments later colonel winfield re-entered the library with two companions one of them was a thin angular woman with a large nose and a highly colored skin she was wearing a black dress and coat and a black feather boa the other was a girl of about twenty in an odd costume a portion of it was an american red cross uniform worn and shabby a dark blue coat and cap with a red cross insignia the girl's skirt was of some other dark cloth yet on her arm she carried a splendid sable coat underneath her cap her cheeks were brilliantly red and her eyes glowing countess charlotta major hersey stammered what brings you to coblenz you have relatives here whom you are intending to visit the girl turned toward the older american officer there major hersey does remember me and i was so afraid he might have forgotten we met but once in the red cross hospital in luxembourg where we were both patients at the same time at least until mrs clark arrives he may persuade you colonel winfield that i am not a spy or in any way a dangerous character then the girl turned again to major jimmy i don't know what mrs clark will say or do when she sees me she told me positively i was not to embarrass the american red cross by taking refuge with them and i tried my best to be brave and endure my existence i even gave up to my father's wishes but i found i could not keep my word so i confided in miss pringle she is english and was my governess when i was a little girl she had continued living in luxembourg after the war began and yet perhaps because she was english she understood me better than other people anyhow we came away together it was not so difficult to accomplish as you may imagine most of the people in luxembourg at present dislike the germans as thoroughly as i do i told a few acquaintances that i was going away because i could not endure being forced into a german marriage miss pringle was with me and i said i was going to join some american friends besides luxembourg is not very large you know and it does not take long to reach the frontier 
if mrs clark is not willing to receive us at the red cross hospital surely we can find a place to shelter us for a while miss pringle says she will be glad to go with me to the united states as she has long wished to travel i suppose colonel winfield that you could arrange for us to go to the united states plainly the young countess's words and manner both amused and annoyed the colonel nonsense young woman girls who run away from their homes no matter from what motive must be sent back to their parents mrs clark will doubtless see that you and miss pringle are made comfortable for a few days but i think i understand how you managed to reach coblenz and why you were permitted to have an interview with me the colonel of an american regiment of the army of occupation is not in the habit of having young women whose credentials and passports are not what they should be take up his spare time where child had you ever heard my name oh i often heard mrs clark and the american red cross nurses speak of you when they referred to their winter at the red cross hospital near chateau thierry they said too they were delighted that you were to be in coblenz because they liked you so very much the countess charlotta concluded in the frank fashion which was entirely natural to her nevertheless the colonel looked slightly mollified you will sit down won't you and wait until we hear whether mrs clark will be able to join us tonight the colonel pushed a large leather chair toward the fire which the little countess dropped into gratefully miss pringle was already seated in a chair which major hersey had provided for her during the countess charlotta's recital i am sorry extremely sorry you were forced to wait so long to see me colonel winfield protested it would have been pleasanter if arrangements could have been made for you earlier in the day oh you need not worry the countess charlotta returned graciously i am not in the least unhappy myself getting away from luxembourg was so much simpler than i ever dreamed it could be that nothing ahead seemed so important i wrote my father saying that i intended to sail for the united states as soon as it could be arranged as for sending me back home the little countess stretched her two hands before the fire so that they grew rose pink from the warmth then she sighed but with no deep show of emotion it would be very useless and very unkind to send me back to my father after what i have done neither my father nor aunt will wish to see me again even though they know miss pringle has been with me every minute and that i have done nothing in the least wrong they would never forgive my disobedience and they would not wish me to live with them because they should always consider that i had disobeyed them and that i would be an unfortunate influence upon other girls in luxembourg at this instant there was a knock at the door and a few moments later sonya dr clark and bianca entered the large room if there was no special enthusiasm in sonya's greeting of the countess charlotta still there was no question of their acquaintance and bianca's welcome revealed all the pleasure which sonya's lacked nevertheless sonya offered to take charge of miss pringle and the young countess at the red cross hospital for the night until better arrangements could be made they had several spare rooms in the old castle it was too late at present for any definite point of view in regard to the unexpected intruders End of chapter 15 Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson